It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. Good evening, it is City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and David Downey through until 7pm tonight. Uh, Dave, let's dive straight into it. Uh, Roberto Martinez clearly listens to all in the game. Um, he very much enacted what the, what we discussed last week whilst we were filling for time in the international break. It's uh, it's easy this football management lark. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he told me he does listen to Tarot with some nachos and uh, puts his brown shoes up on the couch. Good man. Gets his earphones in and uh, listens to me and you gabbing on for an hour while uh, while while his while his wife watches North Western Ice. He says he loves the production gaffes as well. <laughs> loves them. Says he thinks the part of the show, you know, he thinks they're deliberate. Yeah, like Les Dawson playing the piano. Anyone else would think they were deliberate as well. The amount of times they go on. Uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic at the weekend, and it, it really sort of reinvigorated my uh, my sort of outlook on things with, with Everton at the moment. Um, I thought it was going to be a tricky game. I looked at me Cooper and thing, seen Villa five to one, and I thought that's not a bad price. That considering mm. what they went and did at Anfield as well earlier on this season, um, and then it was. Everton played very much within themselves and it was a performance that I would have thought would happen a little bit further down the line in this run of decent fixtures that we've got. But to see it happen so early yeah. gives a lot of confidence. Bodes really well. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's it's obviously not rocket science. Ross Barkley, Seamus Coleman, James McCarthy come back in and Everton played well. Um, you know, it, it doesn't take a genius to work out why that happened. Frustrating all the same because, you know, we still seen good performances from the likes of Osman who, who come in um, Naismith again was outstanding. Lukaku looked far more interested, far more fitter with Ross Barkley behind him because his movement was sort of honed in on a, on on playing a certain way. He didn't have to pull out of in, in out of position. Um, he simply told, "Look, you know, shoulder the last man." That's that's how his goal come about. Yeah. Uh, and basically, it's just Barkley's at the epicenter of it all and. Long may it continue, but you know that I was talking to Sangin and Lowy in the previous hour, and I was saying I, I just really hate how there's a an over reliance developing on Ross Barkley. That's nobody nobody's fault because it it's because of how good he is. That's a simple way of putting it. But it it, it sort of does me head in a little bit the fact that people are going to think, and most Evertonians are going to think Everton can't play well without Ross Barkley in the team. It's um. It's more that he's sort of, you know, him coming back in there allows what we were talking about last week, everyone else to play well. But yeah. I'd say that that's massively also uh, Seamus Coleman and McCarthy. Absolutely. I think it's right to point them out as well. Right to single them out because, you know, Coleman gives Martinez the ability to play uh, very, very narrow. It allows, that, therefore, Everton to realistically have five proper midfield proper midfield players, players who can function as midfield players on the pitch, even Naismith because he's so intelligent can do anything. It allows that idea that, you know, there's there's more and more space. And then that means that for, for, for McCarthy, McCarthy can be more bullish. He can feel as though we can go and win the ball back higher. Um, you know, it's... I think what it does is it's it's not just a matter of Barkley who's so so gifted at, at finding little pockets of space which attract not one but two or three members of the opposition and then playing his way out of them into the space that they've vacated uh, and getting Everton playing into those spaces. But it's all these players because they're quality footballers and they make they they make sense for a Roberto Martinez team. Absolutely, couldn't couldn't agree with that more. Um, I think it was it, it almost. It become it become so much the norm last season that Barkley's sort of injury and absence this season that it made it probably a lot more than what it could have you know it was a lot more than what it probably should have been because 
there's we do have other players that can sort of affect the game that way. Not not in that to that extent, but we've spoken about it before. Morales can do a similar type of thing on his day. That forms sort of few and far between. We've discussed that as well in the past, um, and that's what was surprising without him in the side. And you know, it, it did get to the stage where you're sitting there and looking, thinking, "Well, you know, Everton desperately miss Ross Barkley here," which is, you know, it, it's a criticism of the the players that are already there because we didn't have to miss him that much. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It, it didn't have to be Ross Barkley's our savior all of a sudden, and it sort of developed into that and. Um, you know, and then he takes another injury to sort of revert back to that way of thinking, and that's what sort of concerns me a little bit. Um, you know, if if he if he's going to have a moan about what's happened uh, recently this season, so I, I was just delighted with with three points in that manner as well, Neil, because it was still it was still a game in which you thought Villa can get back at us quite easily. Alan Horton had a really good chance after we went one nil up, and anything in the writings on the wall, pin all your hopes on Ross Barkley. He's in his first game back after a two month layoff. Then you know you start looking at it the other way. It's a very fine line. Having your first choice front six plus your first choice fullbacks play, you know, I think it makes a massive difference. I think it makes a massive difference to any side. Everton, you know, this is the core of the team that finished um, that finished so high up the league last season that got themselves seventy two points from fifth place. Mm. So when those players, when those lads are on the pitch, then when someone like Aston Villa do come to Goodison, then they really should be under pressure. You know, Aston Villa are going to finish in the bottom half of the table, and that's the gulf. You know, it's it's easy to to forget the fact that there was you know there was thirty points between these sides last season, you know, a little little under yeah. that I think. You know, that's ten wins across thirty eight. You know, that's that's a huge a huge difference. And so when those players all come in and click, you know, they will just simply click. They will simply be superior. It it means that Villa have got to do really well. Got to be tactically absolutely spot on to feel as though they can get something out of the game and guess what you go and keep a clean sheet as well yeah that's not by accident that's because possession's higher we're playing higher up the pitch and the opposition are pending exactly you know there's it doesn't really matter how well your center halves are playing when they're not troubled and they're not troubled because we've got the ball in uh, the attacking third of the pitch villa can't come out villa can't play villa can't trouble us apart from set pieces um i thought ben Teke might have give alcaraz a nightmare didn't didn't sort of pan out that way in any way whatsoever. So uh, I was very very impressed, and it was it was so much needed, Neil. It was I think it was it's underestimated how much that that'll do for us that win because you know I look on the horizon, you think trip to Lille and a nice trip to France on a Thursday night. That sort of looks rosy now. Whereas perhaps before the game, you'd be saying. And I can't be doing with this when we got Burnley away on Sunday. Well, Burnley's it's but it's an opportunity to yeah. again, you know, they, they they do not look like a side who's going to win a game of football anytime soon. No. I mean, you can't be you can't be complacent anywhere. But again, if Everton turn up, those eight players all start that we're talking about, then it's very difficult to see how Burnley get any sort of consistent time in the game where they're able to press or concern Everton. You know, it's it becomes harder and harder to see. And having that, you know, it's. It's something which I think happens as the season calms down, where you you can simply say we just have better players and better players. It, it's not freak results. It's not the idea that certain teams are managed and coached to be fitter at the start of the season to try and get some points on the board that they might have a better preseason, anything like that. We're now at the stage where the the class will tell week in week out, and that and 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 if Everton can just keep these players on the pitch, keep them moving, then it is an opportunity to shoot up that table pretty quickly. Yeah, a very interesting point. I think the fitness one because you can probably put a pin in the exact moment on the calendar where that sort of drops off and genuine quality comes mm. to the fore. Everton very much epitomised that at the weekend. You know, you look at that performance when they've got decent players back. 
fitness pales into insignificance. Not into insignificance, that's doing it injustice, but it's nowhere near as important as it was in the opening weeks of the season when you see sides like a Leicester. You know, that game against Everton Leicester, opening day of the season, we'd have comfortably won that game if it was any time around yeah. now. Um, and you can very much see that coming to the fore. So when you see games where genuinely top quality sides but it, will go and beat others because the just quality is better than theirs. It's also the way in which the season's structured for Everton. You know, it's in it's in Mar- Martinez's interest that Everton finish strongly. He wants to see Everton play their best football yeah. in the last three four months of the season. Um, we, we say, I say this repeatedly. You know, the idea that you can get these lads all to their very best for ten months is is nonsense. It it doesn't work that way. Whereas you know, if you are you know if you are an Aston Villa, if you are a Swansea, if you if you are one of these sides, there, there's an argument to say just get points on the board. And we'll pick the rest up. We'll, we'll we'll get forty-five points. We'll get fifty points if we start strongly. Whereas Everton, you know, Martinez is in the business now of winning trophies, of wanting to compete right up until the last week of the season on all fronts for the, with this Everton side. So he needs to, you know, he'll need to plan his season around the fact that we've got to be strong in March. If you're the Swansea manager, you know, and often people say, "Oh, they're on the beach." It's not that they're on the beach, it's that they've been made to run into the ground for the first six months of the, mm. se- the season. Sometimes some of these sides who end up and they pull it off because they, they, they amass, 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 amass. You're not going to get anything at Goodison necessarily. You're not going to get anything at, you know, in certain place here once, once we've got past mm. November onwards. You know, it's going to get harder and harder. But, and this is the critical thing, but we then are in a position where we've got our points, we've done our job. Yeah. Whereas the, whether or not Everton do their job will depend on how good they are in April, not how good they are in September. I read an excellent line yesterday that said that that, that, that Stoke Swansea game was the pointless end of season game in the middle of October. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, you know, Stoke went on and won it, and uh, you know I think we're going to talk a little bit about that later with what happened in that game. But um, you know, you look at these sides and, and they do press hard in the early going, which is why you why you traditionally see one of the big bigger sides in the league sort of stutter at the start because they have those lads who just the one like they like to just newly promoted sides come there you got fit, you know a gang of fit lads Leicester City the, the only the well the only the only side that I haven't stuttered is Chelsea everyone yeah. else and I, I I do wonder on the Chelsea front whether or not they they they're being slightly front loaded as well this idea that the way in which Mourinho would like to do it is to almost blow it away early doors and then see you know because I think I genuinely think that Mourinho will want will have genuine designs on doing a league and European Cup double but I would say the only way you can do that now pretty much I think this the only way you can do that now is if you're out of sight in the league and I wonder if Chelsea have been primed to be absolutely right up at the top from 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 minute one off the basis that you know if we if if we can get enough of a gap by March we can then we can concentrate much more on Europe than we're concentrating on on the league. Could be they could just simply be that good. They've just got the results that they've got so far. But I do wonder a little on that. But you know, City have dropped points at home to Stoke. Liverpool have dropped points. Everton have dropped points. Manchester United have dropped points. Arsenal, Arsenal's run of results now is you know it's 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 a number of draws in games which they really really should be winning now. And they were winning last season. And they were winning last season. So that you know that's just going to ramp up on them. And these things, I think, you know, it's we're now into where where you're able to accumulate points. Both Merseyside teams, you know, the next two games are pretty straightforward. Get six points on the board. Get yourself six more points on the board, and then let's see where you are when you come out to the next international break. And just seeing these games in clusters, you know, we're, we're approaching now the, the the last cluster before it's hell for leather. There's no international break. There's one more on the horizon uh, after Liverpool play Chelsea, and then everyone comes back out of that. And it's November, and it's seven games in December, seven league games in December, and it just doesn't stop then. But that's where 
you've got a bigger squad, you've got a better squad, you've got better players. That's where it should tell for uh, for both Merseyside clubs. It's an interesting notion, isn't it? Sort of picking and choosing your time when your players peak. Obviously, you, you like you rightly say, you can't have a ten month spell where or everyone's firing on all cylinders. I think the the, the wise man sort of picks his team to peak well, when they've got the easier run of fixtures. I mean, you you look like you said the Chelsea there. You might you might well be right in terms of they might well fire all season long. We don't know that yet, but if you were to sort of look at it on the face of things at the moment, you think hang on they they've, they've peaked straight away. They look like a machine that's built to steamroll of the opposition, get a bigger as big a point of advantage as they can, and then wait to see you know what comes can after that. I, can anyone come with them? Can anyone live with them? And then they're perfectly primed for a Champions League push when it matters. But the other side of that though is that for instance you know I I always thought it was something that, that um Ferguson's very underrated for was uh, that Manchester United side, you know, uh every, 08, 09, everyone, you know, they went on that run of fourteen games where they didn't where they, I don't think they conceded and leading the line for them in the vast majority of those games was Berbatov. And then when it was the actual running, when it was the proper running, Berbatov barely got a kick. Mm. And it was as though he, there was this idea for that middle tranche of the season, Berbatov was going to be the main man. Not at the start of the season, not at the end of the season, but he was going to help that United side get through those games. If you've got a big enough squad and Chelsea, therefore, you know, the, the, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little run of games coming at some point soon where X sits out and it's a little bit, you're thinking, well, he's not injured. Is he injured? Is he injured? You know, one of them. And the reality is that, you know, they're just going to keep that player ticking over. But if you've got 20 really, really good players, you've got the experience, the knowledge and the expertise, which Mourinho has, that's an option for you. That's why it's completely different these days. It's a squad game, isn't it? And, I, that, that's been my gripe all season. I don't think Everton have necessarily got that squad. Uh, I think we we, do, we will struggle. We, we we'll be left wanting a, a good few times this season uh, when it comes to games that we should be winning. Um, you know, you look at the fixture pile up coming up. I think it's seven in twenty one days that yep. we have, including the weekend. Just gone. I sort of wince at that a little bit and think we haven't really got the personnel for that, lads. We we, and the the biggest regret you have looking at that is you have to sacrifice games. Like you looked at that Krasnodar one the other week and you thought, you know, I'd take a point here. You know, we we're going and gonna go and play for but the you draw. Got the and point. We went and got it. Um which I, I think that's where Martinez needs to be pragmatic, he needs to be wise, he needs to be savvy this season when he's looking at those games. I mean, you look at Lille, you're probably gonna take another point this Thursday. You take the points because you're a nice short trip jolly up to France, fair yeah. enough. But you still take the point. A point. No, haven't the only team that's won a game in that group so far. Exactly. So you take a point. You, know, that, you, you get that point in the bag. You stop. Last two out of three at home. You, and you're stopping Lille from getting three. Yeah. And you get. You know. You've got. You can make six changes. Um. Got to be. Got to be smart with it. But Everton can make six changes. And yes, of course, they will weaken. But they can still. You can make six changes off the basis of the fact that they make, they're putting all six of them back in for the next league game. Mm. Because at the moment, that you know, the amassing of these points is the more important thing. Liverpool win the next two games. They're going back at two points a game, and they've been rubbish. We'll talk about Liverpool after the break. But you know, so much of what Liverpool have done has been poor. But if they just simply win the next two games, which is Hull at home and Newcastle away fixtures, you know, you'd fancy them. They beat Hull last season. They were unfortunate not to beat Newcastle. You'd fancy them, and suddenly you're back going at two points a game at this stage of the season. You can put. Right, what's gone wrong reasonably quickly? That's right, yeah, and and especially even more so this season because you look how tightly bunched that league is. I mean, you look at Liverpool are joint fourth, aren't you? Yeah, you, you, you're missing out on fourth via goal difference now. You know, if we put our cards on the table and look at both sides, they're probably not deserving of anywhere near that. But the Premier League is that tightly bunched, and West Ham are in fourth place, so that that says a lot. That's a good reflection on how things are at the moment, with the exception of City and Chelsea. We will uh, talk about Liverpool further after the break. This is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Uh, don't go anywhere. Although if you're in your car, go in the house and, and, and put the radio on. That's the key thing. Uh, back in a second. 
It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. All in the game indeed, City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and David Downey through until 7pm. Um, we're going to talk about Liverpool a little bit in part two. Uh, fundamentally, Liverpool's first half performance, I'd say, was um, was the most abject Liverpool have been for... Certainly, I'd, I'd, I'd be prepared to almost lash in the entirety of Brendan Rodgers' uh, time as manager, even in those early games when we weren't getting results. We weren't as easy to play against. We weren't exposed by sides as poor as Queen's Park Rangers um, because they are fundamentally a poor football team. Um, they, they they were able to press Liverpool, to undo Liverpool with tactics that were mostly agricultural and which, you know, everyone knows how to deal with bits and pieces of these. It's easy, Dave, to say Zamora is very good at putting himself about. Zamora is very good at putting himself about, but, you know, it doesn't take much to go and say tell Anne Jan whether have not worked it out for himself or someone tell him, go and stand in front of him. When they're trying to play that dinked ball in, that lofted ball in, where uh, Lovren can't get ahead of him for it, just go and stand in front of him, compress the space, and make it an impossible pass. These things, they're not tough things, and yet Liverpool seemed, for that first 45 minutes, Dave, completely at sea. Yeah, they did. I, I looked in many, many times in astonishment to Carlos, our producer at City Talk, saying, what, what, what is going on here? Where's the direction? Where's, where's the forward planning in it? That's what got me. You know, We spoke last week about how Rodgers is very much a training ground manager. I'm thinking... As he just had a day off from it in this game because there was there was no cohesion. Uh, I can understand the team coming out like QPR, you know, relegation fodder coming out and wanting to put on a performance, wanting to put on a show, gritty, determined effort. But when you look at the likes of Carl Henry and Bobby Zamora, looking at them, thinking, "Hang on, if nobody, if you were just to start picking up football as a hobby now, these lads would look like good players." Then I think there's serious issues and. Um, I, you know the the one thing you can praise Liverpool for in the game is character. I do think, um, you know, many many times before in the past, even certainly in the in the early days under Rodgers, Liverpool probably would have oh, buckled a lot earlier. Liverpool, okay. oh, under, sorry, first the first, oh, first half season under Rodgers, and um, for the season the seasons that preceded Dalglish, uh, Dalglish's full year, uh, the Hodgson Dalglish year, and Benitez's final season, Liverpool lose that game, mm. and they lose it. They lose it two nil, three one. Someone, it's quite funny actually. There was a, there was a, there was a bit of you know, yeah, uh, Zamora wouldn't make Carragher look like that. Literally uh, playing for Fulham. Uh, 0-9-10 Zamora made Carragher look like that <laughs> which was the time when he was saying don't send Jamie off but he'd given them a torrid time all game and they won the game with, uh, they won the game 3-1 at Craven Cottage and it, it, the game itself was reminding me of that game yeah. where Liverpool have turned up to the, the to these lads they're not the best but Liverpool just can't you know just can't get to grips with it can't get going but that's where you need you know you need you need a bit of brains you need a bit of leadership you need to see what Liverpool didn't seem able to do was to see any aspect of that first half out What's positive? There's and to, to to accentuate the positives. It is the character, but it's also for twenty minutes towards the end of the game in the second half, they looked more cohesive in an attacking sense. Put the defending to one side only for a second because I do want to talk about it. But they were creating things, and I think it helped that QPR were knackered. What we were talking about in a, in a slightly different way in the in part one. You know, QPR had had, had, had a great sixty in them, mm. and then they had set pieces. That's what QPR had. They had a great 60 and then they had set pieces. And you saw the legs begin to go. But Liverpool, they also had a bench, which we've said this year is going to be important. It's two strong changes, Coutinho and Joe Allen on. Not, neither of them off, the two of them on. And everything that Liverpool did improved them. Once they got past half time, if you see the first half just an aberration. You know the the shift round dropping Gerard deeper. Liverpool improved. Mm. The, the the next change, which is the, the sub, Liverpool improved. And to be fair to the manager, that's the case. The problem though is one, 
let's not be that bad in the first place. Yeah. Two, you're now absolutely getting targeted for high balls and set pieces. And there's got to be a coherent strategy which deals with the fact that you're getting targeted for high balls and set pieces. It looks like it's the biggest Achilles heel in the world. You're, and you're carrying it around on a massive... Uh, you're carrying it up in the air, pointing at the sky. Everyone can see it and you're saying, just do that, will you? And that's got to get addressed. It's got to go get addressed soon. I don't understand how it can be so poor, O'Neill, because it's it's a problem that's recurring all the time and it, there's, there's just nothing you, you can understand if it's you know that that old saying you know it's going to get worse before it gets better and anything along those lines you can get on board when you actually visibly see that but there's nothing of that sort in there Mignolet's nowhere near you know and, and looking anywhere competent at coming and claiming catches clearing his box I think the one the one time when he did you knock Skirtle out yeah uh, it, it just looks like a, a calamity after calamity and you look at centre back pairings. Why isn't Sacco getting involved in this? Why? why I mean, you've got twenty million. Uh, he's supposed to have an injury at the moment. Right. Uh, that's the talk. But it's 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 whatever injury that's been had has flared up after he didn't get picked. Uh, I think for the derby, and he, and he was unhappy else, about yeah. it. So you know, you, you're mildly sceptical there. But you know, let's take it at face value for a second. If he's got an injury, he's got an injury. It's. I think it's a lot of little things, but I think it's primarily. I think that the problem that they've got Liverpool is with this, and I'm. I'm all right with it up to a point, actually, because I think it's both... There's individuals and there's the collective. The individuals, it's impacted by the collective. I.e., you know, it feels like Lovren's been brought in to sort everything out, to come for everything, to be so front foot, so aggressive. But that's a weakness. Even when he does it well, it can still be a weakness because everyone knows this lad's going to try and come for everything. Mm. Everyone can play off it, everyone can exploit it. And he could have a great game, but it could still be exploited. By you know by, by by quick feet by just simply knowing he'll step he'll come and he'll keep coming and that's you know that's I think that's a problem to a certain extent because that's there's no what's the right word there's no variation in how he's defending he's not on the whole taking situations on the merits I'm just doing this because that's the thing I've been told it's how Skirtle to used to be wasn't it Skirtle used to be but, that man yeah and Skirtle can and Skirtle can still lapse back into it he gave you know he gave a remarkably daft free kick away yesterday at a stage in the game where you were thinking just don't give anything away lads because we're, we're ahead and they, mm. they're punched out so you know it really was you can let them off the ball let them off the ball he's going down a channel he's going nowhere they can't get in the box quick enough to help him we'll crowd them out they're not good players They've only got one thing left. They've had, they've done all the good stuff for sixty. The only thing they've got left is a big ball into the box, and it's so. There's the individuals, but you know it's impacted by what the, what the collective is doing, and I think I'm okay with I'm okay with a Cardiff City three Liverpool six. I'm fine with it. Where in Liverpool go to Cardiff and are that much better than Cardiff, and have got the balance so much more in favour of attacking than defending that they are going to concede one or two or in that instance that day three. I'm all right with uh, I'm all right with Stoke City three Liverpool five. I'm all right with that because you're doing the other stuff really really well. The problem, the concern is you've got, at the minute you've got to be doing the other stuff really really well. And to be fair to them, for twenty minutes, thirty minutes they did, but it wasn't anywhere near enough in the game. And there's then still not being that abject at the other stuff, dealing with these high balls and picking up the pieces better. And I think that it's fundamentally it's systemic. But now it's also got to the point where loads and loads of the individuals within the system, where it's already flawed, are becoming increasingly flawed themselves. So there's all this friction. So they're making the system work worse, and the system is making them worse. Um, you know, Gerard is not your rangy um, defensive midfielder who picks up scraps, Dave. Lovren 
Lovren and whoever you whatever centre back pair in Liverpool put is not Vidic and Ferdinand. It's not Hansen and Lawrenson. It's not the sort of centre back pair and you can go, we can leave them to it because they're that good. They'll do everything. And that's the problem. So whichever centre back pair in Liverpool put out, if you want to help them more, they need more help. If you want to just go, you know what? We'll leave them to it because we're gonna we're gonna be great at the other end. Then be great at the other end. You can't have a halfway house where the theory is, you know, we're trying to sort this out and all this sort of stuff, and yet you're scoring fewer goals than mm. you were this time last over the course of last season. It's that's the concern. That's the problem. At the minute, you're not doing one or the other, and if you don't do one or the other, then you're gonna get yourself into a bit of trouble. The most astounding thing for me, um, in, in, from a defensive point of view, was QPR weren't even getting out wide to put these balls in. They were just simply coming from. Smack down the middle, no angle to them at no. all. He was straight down the middle, straight over the top, to to varying success. Yeah, and you know that, that that's the basics of defending. You do, you know, we go for you went for a game of football in year seven with your mates. Someone lumps in a school team. Someone lumps it up, and the defenders go and head the ball. You got Lovren, like you say, who, who looks very very rash. Looks like that's his instruction. That's his that that's his instruction in the game. He's been told to clear out whatever he can, jump in. Bobby's a motor for all that he is poor. He's you know he's got a brain on him. Do oh. you know what I mean? And and it's a simple thing, Neil. As well, yeah. that's what really gets me. It's these are the simplicities in in a game of football. Chan needed to step step up to the mark for me yesterday. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, I, I gave Carl Emery a glowing reference, but he's he's still a, a very poor footballer for the level he plays at. Exactly. And and Chan, I, I don't know. I've not seen him much previous to Liverpool, but I, I sort of think that'd be bread and butter to him to stop a lad like that he'd enjoy that battle against that lad like you said dropping an extra 10 yards taking care of Zamora that threat's gone then yeah. QPR have to come up with something else that possibly involves playing you know, a bit of you football be, you being able to exploit them yeah. the other way so it was very very peculiar to Liverpool it, it is was. peculiar I thought I, basically Liverpool's spine didn't work and none of them played well uh, with the exception of the goalkeeper um, and even then there's still questions as you were saying before about what he comes for mm. and what he doesn't but you know allow that allow him off that one because he made a series of excellent saves so you, you, Skirtle doesn't play very well Lovren doesn't play very well. The setup's not fantastic. Gerard, sorry, Jan in front of them first half could not get into the pace of the game. Couldn't get going at all. It was better second half, but couldn't get going first half playing that deepest role. I thought Henderson did okay. I thought Sterling did okay. I thought Lallana did okay. But then Gerard and Balotelli were the next two, and first half neither of them could get into the game mm. in any substantive way. You know, so you're in the situation where, and this is the the thing that I've said repeatedly about Rogers football, and again, I'm fine with it to a certain extent, but. The way he sets his teams up, he needs six, seven, I'd say eight of them to have seven or eight out of ten games. That's what he needs them to do. And one of the problems that he's got at the moment is every single time we set, we step onto the pitch, there's three or four Liverpool players who are threatening to have a six or lower. And until that gets resolved, if you're going to play this way with fine margins, with you know, you're not, you, you've got, you, you, you can't trust that these players are going to quite produce. At the level that you need them to produce around, you know, around this time last season, we were having similar conversations, you know, and that's important, I think, to point out. Which I think that the, the this game last season might have been Arsenal away when we looked. Yes, we had Suarez, and I think Sturridge had just come back, but we didn't look great, and there was you know questions and concerns around Lucas, around Gerrard, around the shape, around the defenders, around the fullbacks. There was you, know, you were worried about it, so it's not nothing's broken. And the key thing to to to, to remember is Liverpool got a lesson. On Sunday, but they also got three points. And if you can get three points when you get your lesson, great. Well, yeah, it's a lot better than having to make those points up, isn't it? And it's sort of having a head start of when you do come into form and you do start playing while well. Liverpool are joint level on points with 
fourth place West Ham, which sounds absolutely crazy, by the way. Yeah. Um, but they've got Hull next weekend, yeah. uh, before you even talk about Real Madrid, because, you know, the smartest thing Real Madrid could do, conceivably, would be to play Ronaldo as Bobby Zamora. Yeah. Genuinely, because Ronaldo could do that and he offers you so much more, what with them being Cristiano Ronaldo as well, but they won't do that. They'll play like the way in which Real Madrid play. They're not going to adapt the game. They're going to come to Anfield and play as Real Madrid like to play, but that would be the best thing they could do, would be to use their additional quality and add it to giving Liverpool a bit of an aerial bombardment. I wonder, are we are we being, we're not being overly critical of the, the centre-halves because you know it's there for all to see, but... Do you give them a little bit of leeway in terms of what rotates at fullback? Because there's that. There's also, you've got, I mean, you've got Enrique. Uh, he and he was looks very like the, poor. the square peg in the, in the round hole at the moment. He was very poor, Enrique. I thought Johnson played well. Um, I think he's brilliant uh, with the clearance off the line, and he sets up the opening goal as well. Uh, I thought he, I thought he had a good game, and yeah, I think he shows why he, he why he's still worth persevering with for now, uh, where he is. It's not just the centre halves thing. You, you defend as a team. I, this is why talk of a defensive coach is just ludicrous. It's just absolutely ridiculous because it's a team game and you can have coaches who specialise more on certain things. But on the whole, Liverpool's issue is a team issue. There are nine of your players in a box when you defend a set piece. You know, there are nine of them. So, yeah, the cent- you want the centre-halves to lead the way. You want this idea of this big centre-half who comes and meets it and it goes clear. You want all that. But there, there's the whole team's back. The whole team deals with this and it's a team game. And, you know, what you do in defence impacts upon what you do in attack. So on and so forth. So, you know, there's that. But what doesn't help them is the goalkeeper behind them, even after he's played well, you know, the goalkeeper behind them doesn't help whoever's playing at centre-half. And what's happening in front of them in midfield doesn't help them at the moment because they can't get, they can't get out enough. Uh, they can't get, they, they don't get enough help. Um, if you wanted to help them, and this is what I keep coming back to, if you don't want to help them, if you want to pretty much go, lads, just do your best, which is what last season was. Just do your best, but we're going to score 100 goals. Mm. Just do your best. And at the minute, though, you've got to have the answer, which is we're going to score 100 goals. And Liverpool don't look like scoring 100 goals right now. So that's the problem. And if you if you fix either of them, great. But Liverpool aren't going to concede fewer than, fewer than 40 goals this season. They're going to concede more than 40 goals. Mm. So if they're going to concede more than 40, they're going to have to score more than 80. That's the reality. So that needs addressing. You could maybe address it and, sc- and concede less than 40, but then I don't think they'd score 60. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So this is, you know, it's... They've got to be able to play, and Hull next weekend's going to be a test. It would have been a test anyway, but Steve Bruce is an intelligent football manager. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got the results he's just got at the Emirates. They're going to come, they're going to play this 3-5-1-1 thing that he plays that effectively becomes five, could become seven, the way <laughs> yeah. they sit in, you know, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a valid way of playing football. No, that's right, yeah. And then try and hit people. Uh, Hernandez looks a good player up from up from for them. Look to hit people and hurt Liverpool with directness and with pace. So therefore, Liverpool have got to you know they've, they've got to begin to solve these problems. And this isn't about Real Madrid because Real Madrid's the reward. The reward. Real Madrid's a good thing. Mm. You've got to get it again next season, lads. You've got to keep getting it and keep working. I say all this, and we're going to go into the break. But as I said in part one, they beat Hull. They beat Newcastle, and then when they play play Chelsea, they've got from uh, from nine games, they've got nineteen points, which is better than two points a game. Which, if you go with two points a game, you'll come top four. This is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey don't go anywhere. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk one hundred five point nine. It is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey with you for the next uh, 15 minutes or so. I'm going to, as Dave does the thing where he, he works out the maths of how much remains in the show, I'm going to um, answer a question that Dave asked me in the break. He said, are you scared of Real Madrid? Um, absolutely not, uh, is what I said in that. it's One, it's going to be 
an enjoyable enterprise. It's great to have that sort of game back at Anfield. But two, you know, you expect to see Liverpool step up and and, and perform and uh, hit a certain level. But three, these games, you know, even even though you you want to see them get out of the group and all this sort of stuff, and and I, and I do think if Liverpool do get out of the group, then they'll find themselves February onwards next year probably in better shape, probably in better form, and could have a real go at uh, you know finding themselves all the way to heading towards Berlin. You know, you still. It's not this bread and butter stuff that we we know we've got to get, Dave, and that's the you know that's the key thing. I'm I'm quite, I'm just looking forward to it, and it's 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 what <clears> you wanted. It's what you you know, and what everyone was saying to us we wouldn't have. I mean, it's really important to remember that this time last season, Liverpool had just finished seventh the year before, and everyone, everyone who was wise, everyone who was sagacious, everyone who had you know who. who who had a, supposedly had a brain in their heads was telling you why the top four was obviously going to end up just being City, United, Arsenal and Chelsea and that you might as well not bother lads. Whereas Everton mm. gave it a great go and very nearly got there and Liverpool did get there and everyone was saying, well, don't, don't, don't worry, lads, it's not, it's not going to happen. Well, 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 it happened, so let's have a great time. Yeah, I think it, I think it very much needs to be embraced rather than... Uh... Yeah. Than any sort of fear. That that's how I'd look at it. If you know, if I was red, I, I'd, I'd be sitting there, you know, not biting my nails at the fact that Real Madrid are going to come to Anfield with Ronaldo and everybody else, and you know, in tow, I'd be looking at it as in, hang on, we're playing Real Madrid at home. How long have we missed this for, lads? Yeah. Let's get on it and enjoy it. And you know, you can go out, you can go out and lose the game, but it doesn't mean you're out of the Champions League. Um, you've got a fantastic trip to Madrid on the horizon coming after it. So. I don't see how you could have, could be negative about it, um, but at, at the same time, I I sort of wonder if we, if we're going to get into the sort of team selection and how how it's going to figure out. Considering the whole game, I mean, I think holds a nice fixture to have at home. Well, it's not just it's just good that. to have a home game. Yeah, you just went as much as possible after you've had a Champions League game. You want a home game, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, you take it against anyone. That's but that's the thing that you want. So no, that's that's a good game to have. I think you get, you know, I think Moreno Moreno comes back in. Um, I think, I think you probably persevere with Johnson at right back for another game. I think you've got to. The problem is, I think you've sort of got to keep faith with people at this stage now. You know, you've got to give them the opportunity. I think that can be the making of them, Neil. We've seen that before. Yeah, and that's what I'd be looking to do with, with um. With Skirtle, Lovren, and Balotelli, and Skirtle's got a history of this. Do you remember the United game when he had not played for ages? Come back in, and he was fantastic. Yeah, I think you've got to give them this game and give them this challenge, and say, you know, this is what you've come for. It's a, I would not be playing Balotelli if Sturridge was fully fit, and I would, regardless, unless he has, you know, a man of the match performance against um, against uh, Madrid, I'd have an eye on Barini for Hull because I think Liverpool just needs someone who's going to play on the shoulder at the mm-hmm. moment and Barini doesn't hold it up very well. Balotelli does hold it up very well but he's holding it up very well and we're rubbish. <laughs> yeah. So I'd rather I'd rather almost act like you've got far. You know, you've you've got no one up front until this lad makes makes his cheeky run off the shoulder and looks for some space, and that could you know that could help Liverpool. But you know that aside, I'd be going. You know, and saying to Balotelli, this is this is this is an opportunity for you. Relax. Don't worry about running yourself into the ground, anything like that. Just relax and play football and and keep your composure, keep your head, because Liverpool don't want to see him lose his head. Who's you go with him in midfield? Did you play Gerard at the base? I'd, i um, I will, I wouldn't diamond it. Uh, really, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't diamond it. I'd look, I'd look to get a Sterling on the pitch. I'd look to go with as as many of last year's lads as possible for two reasons. One, because they got you here. These these lads got you here. Um, so I'd look to go with as many of them as you possibly can because they deserve this. They, they, it, it was them. It was what mm. they did. Uh, I'd look to do that. But also number two, uh, just for that familiarity stuff. 
So I'd be going, you know, I'd be going Gerard Henderson. Um, I'd I'd go Gerard Henderson, Coutinho, Lallana on one flank, Sterling on the other, and uh, Balotelli up front. I'm room for Joe Allen. Oh, sorry, I'd love to, I'd love to get Joe Allen in there. Yeah, for somebody. Obviously not <laughs> Henderson. Obviously not Henderson. So then your decision is Coutinho impressed when he came off the bench. So maybe maybe it's uh, you want to keep Coutinho on and you put Coutinho in a wider area. I don't know. It's interesting. It's that Coutinho conundrum again, isn't it? Because I was sitting there thinking that when he came on against QPR, I thought. This lad's got to start, and yeah. the, the way he looks, he needs he needs game time. Yeah, but he looked fabulous though. I mean, I'm, there's there's both Coutinho and Alan are good off the bench. It's a good sub, full stop. You know, the manager deserves credit mm. for the sub, but the players, I think the players, there's some players. Uh, yeah, I remember Benitez used to talk about it. There's some players who spend the time sitting on the bench thinking about what they're going to do when they get on, and there's some players who spend the time sitting on the bench thinking, oh, "I'm sitting on the bench." Mm. And you get the impression both Coutinho and Alan, you know, they're, they're smart, they're watching the game, they're thinking. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can solve some of these problems, and I can exploit some of the weaknesses I'm seeing in the opposition. And I thought both of them had, had an impact. Coutinho, especially, I'd like to get them on. Um, so it may well be that you you ask Lallana to make way. Uh, it may be that you think might have come a bit early, bit early for Joe Allen, mm. the ninety. Regardless, I remember Champions League games, Dave. You know, it's it's not that long ago. I, and it's you know it the the fourteen man fixtures at the, the highest level you need yeah. fourteen men so regardless even if you are on the bench you're going to play a part. Yeah, I I, I think it's interesting. I think Liverpool sort of approach it in terms of possession. Um, I couldn't see. I mean, I know Moreno he looks promising signs from what we've seen so far, but I don't think by any means I think he's going to be have to have to be so disciplined in what he does. I mean, we've seen we've seen him be a little bit rash when he made his debut against Man City. By and large, he's improved since then and looks a little bit more consistent. I think it's a knife for cool heads, isn't it? You tell, you, like you said about Balotelli, it's about telling these lads, you need to keep calm here. Yeah. Don't let the occasion get to you. Don't let the occasion get to you and don't... The pressure's false. And, I, you know, the, I, I constantly... You're only creating it yourself, Yeah, you're only creating it yourself. Yeah. And, but this is this is something that we wanted. We want, And I love the fact that Gerard said, I wanted Real Madrid. Mm. You know, we Gerard wanted, before the draw was made, who do you want? I want Madrid. Because the, one of the reigning champions, and two, he, he didn't get to play in the Bernabeu when we went over there last time. So he got what he wanted. This is what you wanted, lads. You mm-hmm. wanted this game. You wanted this challenge. And whether or not you meet it, you know, a lot of that's down to the fact that you remember this is a good thing. This is, a, you know, this is, it's an occasion. And the crowd will be great and everyone will be up and it'll be, you know, it'll be absolutely, it'll be pounding. And Madrid will not take it anything for granted. You know, they'll they'll be coming to, to put a show on as well. And I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be a really good occasion. And it's why you want European football. You know, the same, the same for Everton progression in the Europa League. Yeah. You want that. You know, you want to consistently be part of the biggest occasion, the biggest occasion you can. That's the, the joy of supporting a football team. Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, yeah, you know, if you don't enjoy Real Madrid, the home and Anfield, then why are you watching football? That I think that's the whole, you know, the bottom line. And, the and if you worry thing. about it, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. The, the, the thing not to do is, you know, we can't get into a situation where we remember that we beat them four 0 at home last time and four 0 flattered them. And if we don't do that, start going, well, we beat them four 0 at home last time. What's wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with us. You know, that that that's, that Real Madrid side is a pale imitation of of you know of uh, of the one that you've got now. It was it, it wasn't a, it wasn't that good a side. Similarly, Liverpool, you know, the, it was towards the end of the season they were playing really really good stuff and they had European football sussed to a certain extent. Whereas these lads, you know, they haven't got it sussed. But then that's that's a good thing. Mm. Let's enjoy that, including the manager. They haven't got it sussed. We're going to get to watch them get it sussed. You know, and that's that's what you're doing. That's what you're part of here. Mm. You're part of that process. Nothing else. Uh, what's your prediction for it? I'm intrigued. I think Madrid will win three two. Three two. Yeah. Be a great game of football. I that's all that. in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Down. It's got everything that Downey wants. See you next time.
in the game on City Talk 105.9.